Welcome to the Disrupt Ed Podcast. I'm Tyler, and our goal is to paint a picture of what education could be and should be in the future. Welcome back to another episode of the Disrupt Ed Podcast, and boy, oh boy, is the pressure revealing the cracks in education right now. It is amazing what has happened in the last three weeks, and we're really just now about to start, in the next four or five days, about to start this new form of education, and it's amazing because you strip away all of the contrived environment of school, of being able to pull kids into a school building and say, we set the rules now. You don't get to do what the real world says you can do. You don't get to do what you want to do. We get to decide. And instead, all of that is stripped away. It's all gone. And we used to be able to hide from reality. We could keep pushing the same old concepts. And what's so interesting about education, and this is how I look at it, education is the system of a high school now, is what I'm focusing on. I know almost nothing about elementary. And in fact, I think elementary teachers, especially early elementary teachers, are like phenomenal in what they do. The amount of work that they do and like the differentiation and the creativity and the preparation, it's it's seriously incredible. And they work on the things that I think are most important. They're they're working on they're, they're like they care about how the student works with others. What's their confidence like? I mean, like all of the things that I think are true from when you're seven to when you're 70 that lead to happiness and success in the world, that's what early, like, I would say kindergarten through fourth, fifth grade are, are, are working on. Now, as you get closer to fifth grade, more and more emphasis is put on standardized testing, math, um, reading, but by and large, when I'm talking in this podcast about how education needs to adapt, I'm only talking about what I know, and all I know is high school. And so that's really all I'm talking about. And middle school, high school, it's they're pretty close, but high school definitely, because we talk about the connection to college so much and kind of a protracted entrance into college, that is high school. So when I'm talking about a contrived environment, I'm picturing a high school, and the humans walk in, and the bells rule their day. Um, YouTube is blocked. Probably the like the biggest source of learning in 2020 and has been for the last maybe decade. Um, that's blocked. And I get it. I mean, you can go on and get lost in YouTube and there's a lot of garbage on there. Um, but there's also a lot of learning. And it's a f- phenomenal tool for people in the real world. Uh, don't have access to that. Put your phones away. Don't talk to other people while you're doing this very important work, like a test. Uh, Those two things no longer can we control. In fact, when COVID-19 came in, disruption was not a choice. It wasn't something that, you know, uh, some amazing administrator was going to come in and shake up an entire school district, particularly the high school, and, and and stop focusing on standardized testing and standards, really, and content, like the, the regurgitation of content. It, it didn't rely on some amazing administrator to come in and make a change. 
this virus, for all of the horrific and terrible things, and there are many horrific and terrible things, one thing it's done is it's stripped away all of the complete and utter bolt from from uh, high school in most high schools. And now there's no truancy. At our high school, there are no grades. Like it, it's pass fail now. And it's all internet based, all of it. Now I want to talk about the no truancy piece. Physically being in school is required by law until you're the age of 16. And I'm not sure if that's federal or just state of Minnesota, but I could, I could look that up, I guess. I'm a little ignorant when it comes to that, but um, it's required. Truancy, now attendance, is something that's changed now. If you get the work done for Monday, whether you do it Sunday or you do it Thursday, according to our policies now, you're there on Monday. You did Monday's work. You were there. There are no grades. Pass, fail. And to be perfectly honest, um, I... I think if we're talking about a high school diploma as a measure of being like some sort of standard of, of function, like measuring the functional functionality of a human in the real world, then I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Let's make it pass fail. You did it. You didn't. It's black and white. There's a black and white cutoff. The part that people are nervous about is now their GPAs can't really budge. It's that top one percent, the top one percent in all high school classes now. If they've gone to a pass fail for the the uh, the second half, second semester, or fourth quarter, or however they the last trimester is those classes. If you were signed up for AP classes to try to you know bump your GPA up even higher, now you don't have that. That race um, is is and it's a contrived race, a race that was created by colleges. If you're number one, if you're in the top 1%, you get this money, you get this whatever. It is made by colleges. I think we would be surprised if we could objectively look at the rules and policies of high schools when it comes to grading, um, when it comes to how they treat their students. And you could actually go through and highlight all the ones that are essentially established by colleges. And I think you'd be surprised at how many there are. Um, we can't force these students to do the work the way we want them to. Uh, I had a teacher when we were setting up the, the policies last week and kind of the parameters of how this education was going to work at our high school. Um, I overheard a teacher say, I want to have, I want to have students sign an agreement saying they will not use the internet when they're doing their homework, my homework that I'm giving them. And I also want them, I don't want them to be able to use the internet. I don't want them to be able to cheat off of other people. Let's talk to other people when they're doing my work. I need them to agree to that. You need to, they need to sign it or else they fail. And I was like, wait a second. Let's just step back for a second. You want students to sign an agreement saying they won't use the internet or other people to do your work. Yet they're getting the assignment and the work on the internet, number one. And also, can you think of a career today, any of them, any of them, where you're not allowed to use the internet or work with other people? I can't think of one. Like, I I can't think of a single one. And maybe there's something totally random out there, but 
uh, for all intents and purposes, if the work that you need your students to do requires them to not use the internet or talk to other humans, it's completely irrelevant. Completely. If by doing your work and turning on the internet, they can easily get all the answers immediately, like in the, like the snap of a finger, then they should. The work you've given them is not valuable in 2020. Because at any business, any organization in the real world, if all of a sudden someone could walk in flip a switch on to the internet and solve all of the problems and questions of the business or organization, they would do it. So if that's what's happening, then we need to change. And if that's what we're defaulting to, the work that we're saying is essential for graduation and that's it, then really I think the entire veneer of education has been stripped away by this horrible virus. And... I'm not going to go so far as to say it's a silver lining because I don't know that this has staying power. But in this episode that I'm calling Re- Pressure Reveals Cracks, that's what we're seeing. And it begs the question, you know, what should school evolve into? You know, the last two years of this podcast, I've really talked about the things that um, I don't like about education. And the first 10 minutes of this podcast was just more of that. Um, but it made me think about what, what should it turn into? What, what do we want it to look like? And if it is that we're simply just going to set up, um, almost an ALC style, uh, graduation system where the content and the work is just linear and you just plow through it, you check the boxes, you just, you, you can download the entire curriculum and you just hammer through it. And then as soon as it's done, you submit it and you're done and you pass, then let's just do that. Let's allow 14 year olds to graduate from high school because they've done all the work. I mean, let's make that more available. I know that threatens a lot of the enrollment in like the Wadham numbers and income for public high schools. But if students can do that and then they can save a year, two years, four years, imagine what you can learn in a year, in 30 days in the real world. And we need to get them to that point. But if we want education to actually evolve, I think that's devolving. But if we want education to actually evolve, um, we have to ask ourselves what sort of work is valued in 2020 and beyond. We need to do the research. And because the vast majority of high school graduates will end up working in a business that is in the private sector. We need to go and talk to those people. And I would love, I I know that's what school boards are kind of supposed to be a little bit, but that is not how they function. Anyone that's been on a school board or talked to a school board or watched a school board meeting, that is not how they function. School boards have almost, I feel bad for school board members because They're doing a good thing and they're volunteering time, but in most cases, their only source of information is the superintendent. That superintendent is the choke point of information, can tell them and make them agree to anything. How many times have you seen school boards vote on some measure and like 99.9999% of them are unanimous? I mean, they just, it's a, it's a herd mentality that really isn't functioning um, to progress the school or hold the school accountable, to be perfectly honest. And you get a few rogue people on the school board that mean well, but they just sort of get pushed out because they make waves. Um, 
But I'd love to see an actual private sector cohort for every single school, um, high school, and based by sector. So you have two to four people in medical. You have uh, two to four people in manufacturing. You've got one or one to three in sales. And in these people, um, they kind of build the skills that they think are important. And while we have to respect the standards legally, I don't think you have to. No one's checking, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, I only got through two-thirds of the curriculum. I mean, that's a reality for almost all high school teachers. So let's just say that we're not going to, and let's focus on the things that actually matter, the things that will stick with kids instead of cramming the content down their throat. Let's put together these cohorts and have them develop just just some basic um, skills that they would like to see kids work on and then ideas that they have for um, actually implementing them. And I'm talking like junior, senior, elective level. When students start getting a little more freedom in their schedule to pick what classes they want to take, I would like to see a lot of that direction um, established by the private sector. And uh, uh, it's just not happening that way. And, and it would be much more valuable for students if they got to meet those people and see those things um, than, than if they didn't. And they don't right now. Um, you know, I think one thing that I would like to add to this before I end this relatively short one is that it's going to be really interesting what happens is when this thing blows over and I don't think it's, I mean, blows over maybe mitigates, uh, or, or kind of degrades what I think is actually going to happen. But, um, when this thing does eventually pass and school resumes and we're probably talking next fall. Do we just like, do people just go back to the old way? This extra work we're doing and we're just like, oh, great. We have some extra curriculum when there's a snow day. And that's what I think is going to happen. Um, but if you're interested in education, you're a student or a teacher or you, you know, you're in business or in your, you're somewhat interested in education, pay attention right now to what's happening. Ask your kids, what are you doing for work? What is this class? What, what are they having you do? Is it busy work to check boxes? Which is fine. I, like, we're in survival mode right now. That's okay. Um, but are teachers trying to do a little more? Are they trying to come up with work that can't be copied from the internet or work that can't just be stolen from someone else that's already found the right answer? Is it actually work that makes students think and turns the real world, which they're now immersed in 24 hours a day, does it turn the real world into the learning place that it is and always has been? Because that's what really interests me is that sort of learning. Anytime you learn something or you all of a sudden become aware of a lesson or a new concept that you never thought was like you've never, you're completely ignorant to, you then see it everywhere. Your, the rest of your day turns into like a mirror for, for seeing that concept over and over again. It's a lot like when you decide you're in the market for a car and you've picked the make and model that you want, you then see it everywhere. It's the same sort of thing. And the best teaching does that. It allows those lessons and concepts to be viewed when the students and, and, and to be understood and observed when the students are not in class. And so um, I hope that's kind of where we're jump-starting jump right now. And I hope those lead teachers out there, and there are a lot of phenomenal ones, I hope they're building things like that. Um, I've seen some, and I'll, I'll try to report on a couple of those when I can. 
And I have a couple of interviews coming up uh, next week that I'd like to kind of mention. We have several different entrepreneurs um, from a few different age ranges. And, and when I look at them, I need to, uh, uh, apparently I'm, I'm just like picking people that are podcast hosts, which is fine. Um, that's what they all kind of do. And, but I'm interested to do that and see how that works as a teaching tool because, again, my students in another class will also be joining those meetings and asking questions and typing their questions into the chat. And if they don't feel comfortable asking them or they'll just say, I have a question, and then I'll, I'll cue in and say, hey, Molly, you're up. And um, I, I think that's something that, that, like that would be an example of, of something that any teacher could use. Any of them could use it. And they could be asking people on the Internet all over the world to join their class and have a discussion, um, even if they're sitting in the classroom. So we'll see how that goes, but um, I'm I'm excited. And uh, I think that um, some of these cracks that are going to show up are a positive thing, and we're going to see the gaps that we need to fill. So uh, if you are um, in an essential business out there, and you're going to be moving out and about in the state of Minnesota, please be careful and stay safe. If you are not in an essential career job position, please just respect the health of others because while you not may you may not really be at risk because you're young or you're healthy, it's not you that we're worried about. We're worried about everybody else. So please take care out there. 